Good afternoon. This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 COE-FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well, so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today I'm with my friend Michelle Palmer, who I could call an environmentalist and an organic or even biodynamic farmer who lives in the, on the North Mountain near the Annapolis Valley. But he told me he really wants to be known as something else. Michelle, why don't you tell us yourself who you define yourself to be? Well, I, I always felt that I was a human being and that everybody I was with was to be recognized as that. And so for me, um, right from very young, I saw that uh, all humans were equal and we're all the same. And even women and men are just a different expression of the same. And so for me, being friends with humans, working together, and cooperatively creating a better world, making sure everybody's got enough. Um, really, that's where I come from as beginning place. I feel I'm a spiritual being. I was raised Christian, was raised Catholic. Um, but something changed. I had stopped believing when I saw that uh, religion wasn't carrying real spirituality for me. And... Uh, so I wanted to actually question the truth about how we practice living together and recognizing our neighbor the way we want to be treated. So, so right at the beginning, that's where I came from. And, uh, I got lost for a while. I took science and I started analyzing everything and I lost my belief in God and I started seeing all the historically damage that Christianity had done, burning lots of women because they were midwives or knew about herbs. And uh, it turned me off of religion for a long time. And I wound up in Hawaii, on in a crater in Hawaii, and I was alone in a crater by myself. They only allowed 25 people in this crater, Aliakla. And uh, it was me facing the universe, and then at this point, all of a sudden, I couldn't deny that I was part of the whole, and that I belong, and that everybody was just as much part of me. So there was a big shift there that happened, and and I, I reawakened to question about how I can be the best person here, for myself and for the world, and what can I do to make the world a better place? So I received a vision to go find out how the world works. So <laughs> and, 
you told me you were born uh, south of Montreal in Quebec. Then you ended up in Hawaii. You were a dancer for a long time. How did you end up in Nova Scotia on the North Mountain? I was asked to come here. It's very interesting. I met somebody uh, who was actually from Nova Scotia, but living in BC and visiting his mom in Montreal. And I was studying, uh, I was actually working on an organic farm after taking the biodynamic course. And, uh, and, and this man went back to Nova Scotia and he moved on to a place called Small Farm, which is now Taproot in Port Williams, has become a very popular organic farm. I was asked to come and help transition this farm from chemicals to, to organic. And that was the reason I came to live to Nova Scotia. Wow. I did not know that. That is fascinating. Mm. So how long have you been living here and how did you end up on the North Mountain? Well, I arrived here when I was uh, 25 years old. I'm 64. And I wound up moving on the North Mountain when I was 28. I met a partner in Cape Breton and we decided to go back to the land. And I had farmed always on gardens that had been started before I was there. So I was feeling like I needed to have that experience. So mm -hmm. we found a piece of land that all the fields had grown back into woods, still small woods. They were like 12, 15 feet, but uh, gave me the satisfaction to go from removing trees off the land to being in charge of how to keep the land fertile. And, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience with a great partner. And for 17 years, we studied every way of how to go back to the land. So how to preserve, mm -hmm. how to do things organically. I, we started a group called Voice of the Earth Society, which for 10 years investigated uh, all the different environmental situations and what were the solutions and looking at all the health concerns and were, what were the, the problems causing them and how to learn to uh, back away from the causes. Mm -hmm. So an investigation how to become aware of how to find the best water, the best food, the, how to grow the best food, how to be, get along with the cycles, with the air, the water, and the soil. And, uh, yeah, this, this whole quest of understanding how, as a human being, can I interact with the planet and have the safest place to live and create the safest food And at the same time, do not impact on the planet itself in, in negative ways that, uh, from a lack of awareness or a lack of just not understanding what the impact is. So, uh, my study went to trying to understand how the water, water cycle works, how we pollute it, how we can stop the pollution, um, And with soil the same way, how we can protect the soil and increase the, the level of fertility in the soil. 
and uh, instead of depleting it. And so uh, learning how to do nutritional gardening where you're growing the food so they can have the most amount of nutritional possible instead of just growing it uh, safely is one thing organically, but the next level is actually to do it so what you produce actually has everything you need to live and survive. So that's always been my goal. And starting with air. So it's really that you started being involved in the health, not for really for your own reason, but for for humanitarian reasons. But of course it benefits yourself. I know you're very sensitive and sensitive to toxins in the environment. Have you always been sensitive or is it something that developed over time? I've never been sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very interesting because... Uh, I was turned on to a book called Survival into the 21st Century, which was a question about how do we reverse where we are with our diets and what we are eating to go back and figuring out what is the best food for ourselves or the individual. And for me, when I received this book, I knew it was the truth that I had to follow. And so it was about reversing, so backing away from protein, so meat for a while, backing away from dairy, uh, backing away from sugar, backing away from things, and then going to a more raw diet, to going to more sprouted and raw diet, to going to sprouts and just juice, to going to just juice for a while, to going without eating one day a week for two years. And de <laughs> declogging the intestinal tract that gets shoved in three times a day with something that just pushes the rest of it down so it comes out the other end. So, um, so my journey at that point brought me back to realize that every time I was putting food into me, there was a certain amount of energy that I would get from it. Some of it, when it was raw, seemed to be when it gave me the most amount of energy. Mm -hmm. Some of it seemed that uh, they were better assimilated when they were cooked, so completely being raw after a while wasn't a way for me. I had to evolve to uh, recombining and It is a lonely path to be a raw food person in 1975 when um, it was very rarely a conversation. And mm. unless you lived at my house, it always seemed to be the conversation of everybody that would visit is how can you live without cooking food? Yeah. And you can. And it's actually... It's actually too energizing for, for my being. It, it got me to a point that I was too hairy and, and spacey that I had to go to an, a vegetarian diet instead of just a raw food diet. All right. And that is a good point to end the first half of the show. And in the second half, we'll talk about your ideas, ideas about how we get energy 
which are remarkable in my books and how the body really makes all the energy that we need if we nourish it with the right ideas, substances. And we'll talk about that in the second half. Thank you very much for listening to the first part and please tune in after the commercial break for more with Michelle Palmer. Welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm today with uh, Michelle Palmer. Thank you, Michelle, for being on the show. In the first half, we talked a little bit about yourself and how you evolved from being raised, I assume, on the standard American diet and then evolved to being raw food in the 70s, which is really extraordinary, and then cooked food, still vegetarian, I assume. How did you evolve to your current diet? Well, it, uh, it's, it's been a total process. Now I, I really follow what my body's telling me to eat. So I never pre-plan the next meal. Mm-hmm. I, um, I start my day with fluids and right now it seems to be two coffee and lots of water. And then I go to juice. And I dilute juice into water and I put uh, minerals and, um, and I, I use calcium and magnesium as my supplements um, that I take pretty regularly mm-hmm. as a base supplement. And outside of that, I eat as much raw food, fruit and veggies till about five o'clock. And then I have a more substantial meal with sometime protein or grain or beans, whatever or potato. Mm-hmm. I was not raised on a regular North American diet. I was raised on a Quebecois diet, which in some ways is as narrow, but in different ways. So French fries were the main food staple for our family. Yeah. And we had a French fry truck down the road that we could get $2 of French fry that would feed enough for eight kids so in those days two dollars of french fries was a lot and mm. my mother overcooked every vegetable so i never liked any vegetables mm. um meat for me were just passable things but energetically mm-hmm. now that i am where i am i can see that the evolution came through different stages of my life the first one was air and you told me to tell this story because yes, I mentioned it. So here I am in grade 11, typical high school, brand new high school, 5,000 kids in our high school, 
two sessions, afternoon and morning. And so uh, wind up with a German phys ed teacher that's only about 5'4 tall and as strong he's uh, he's an iron man he can he can do every every olympic sport there is and um, so this man the uh, first time he meets us uh, the winter class starts he gets us to run he says i'm going to teach you about breathing he says for those of you who don't know you're in charge of your breathing and he says if you breathe enough your heart won't blow up so start running around the the gym and then got us to run around the gym for about 15 20 minutes and uh, got us to slow down a couple of times to catch up on our breath and then rebreathe and run again and then he opened the outside door and it was minus 15 and he said we're running outside everybody went to get their jacket says no we're running outside just go out and we ran probably almost a mile and came back in which was around the block and nobody was cold mm -hmm. and nobody had had a heart attack and uh, and so we came back in and actually we started running around the gym and we slowed down we came to a slow walk and then and then everybody was still breathing all right and so right away everybody realized wow our breath is what controls whether we feel at peace or not. It's what makes us feel stressed or not. Um, the invisible stress, I think, is the beginning of becoming healthy. The stress of always feeling like you're late or you're not on time and that we overbooked ourselves is probably one of the biggest stress right now existing. And with the breath, with the breath staying in the moment, staying in the breath, instead of being in our mind thinking, we can actually be in our fascia. And the fascia is the tissue of all our body. And it's actually connected to our mind. And it is actually smarter than our mind. It, the fascia is the understanding of our whole being coming together with our brain giving the information of what it thinks it's happening in life and it's deciphering just from the senses uh what it thinks is happening but the fascia is actually the being living the experience so we do a form of dancing called contact improv and to be able to do this dance which sometimes can last as eight hours long and we stay in a gym and keep on dancing with people and we come on and off but really the secret is to remain in the breath to keep the breath flowing without holding on to it so that you stress so that and that art is learning to stop thinking to really be present into the dance because there's no way the mind's going to be able to find the right motion to do with this spontaneous dance the mind cannot interpret the movement fast enough only the body can feel through the breath the movement uh -huh. that's a really interesting form of describing energy and i assume with fascia you mean the whole connective tissue because in the medical sense fascia is just the, the hole for the muscle but you mean more than that you mean the whole connective that's tissues. right the fascia there's actually a beautiful video of a inner camera that was put inside the fascia that shows how the fascia 
premeditates the mind. If you put your hat on a hot piece of metal and you don't know it's hot, your hand will remove itself before the brain can even think about it. Yes. Spontaneous. That's a reflex. And that's color. the cell that's there being yes. burnt saying, absolutely not. I don't want this to happen. Yes. And so we have a, bo we have a body that every cell is in charge of creating the direction that we are going. And, but our brain has decided to become the main operator and negate what our body feels, how it's being stressed, that we don't even feel like doing what we're about to do. And we don't even question whether we can change what we're doing because we're so used to following through on everything without questioning mm -hmm. it. So when we learn to dance through the breath, we start seeing that the prejudgment of emotion that's going to be done because you think you want to do something cute. Um, so coming back to energy, how do we stay center in our being is by remaining in the breath. The more we're in our breath, the more calm we're going to be, the better the digestion is going to be the more rational our thoughts are going to be, the less emotional we're going to be in the moment. Um, all these things are about remaining calm in the moment. And from there, from there now, we start accumulating what the, the Indians call prana. And prana is free spiritual energy, free physical, tax-free energy. <laughs> Justin Trudeau can't even cax this one. So every time you take an extra breath outside of what you need to survive, you are giving your body a storage of prana, oxygen mixed with spiritual energy. These are little dollars that come down. You can get a hundred a day and you can store it. You can store it. You go in the woods, breathe even more. You're near car fumes, stop breathing. Yeah. Be smart. Investigate the moment. If it smells bad, it's not a good time to breathe. And I know you believe, and so do I, that we are part of the energy that encompasses all the universe, all the earth, all the creatures, all the plants, all, even the rocks and minerals. And that is a wonderful thought. Yeah, well... If you go look at soil and you look at a book called Soul of the Soil, you start seeing that in one teaspoon you have as much life in an organic soil as you would of all the humans and animals we think of on the planet. And they're tiny, tiny microbiomes. They're, they're little nematodes that are kind of making everything work and we don't even see them we don't even think about them they're the basics beginning of everything that and a tiny uh, phytoorganism will start digesting something that will be then you got something that will digest something that will eat something that's an animal and then we got it back again and so you start seeing in the soil that lime calcium is the main ingredient for all the electronic system of the soil. And it is for the human being also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And it, it is really very fascinating how everything works together to nourish and energize us. And this brings me to the end of today's show. I hate to stop there because Michelle has so much wisdom to share. And I'm happy to say that next week I'm talking with him again. And please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Michelle, please email me. My email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca, and I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. Thank you. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station and we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon at 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a nice day.